Let us pray. Living and loving God, your word is eternal and stands forever. And by your word, we are gifted eternal life. May we hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And may these words of mine be caught up by your Spirit and made into something that nourishes your people. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. These opening verses from Mark's Gospel are not just a simple sentence that he quickly threw together. This is, these are words that Mark has thought about and carefully chosen. With the opening two words, the beginning, we are transported hundreds of pages back through the scripture and thousands of years through time to Genesis 1, where it tells us, in the beginning, God created the world. In the beginning, the world was made. Mark opens his gospel with the words, the beginning, to tell us that somehow, in Jesus, the world is being remade. The world is being remade, recreated. And why is the world being recreated? Perhaps you remember the myth of Maui, the intrepid voyager who from his brother's waka caught a mighty fish and pulled it to the surface. And upon seeing the size of the fish, his brothers climbed onto the back of it and began hacking at it. And as it writhed and twisted, it hardened and it died. And this fish, the myth goes, became the North Island. The hacks and the cuts on the back of the fish became the mountains and the valleys of Tiika Amawi of the North Island of Aotearoa. And mountains, they tower into the sky. High mountains are fearsome obstacles that loom before us. And valleys can be deep, cold places that can be shadowed by death. Mountains can divide peoples. And valleys can separate peoples. Each mountain and valley in this myth is born from the greed and the selfishness of the brothers as they grasped at the fish and tried to get some for themselves. This very creation in which we live our lives is marked by the greed, by the selfishness, by the brokenness of humanity. The book of Romans tells us that the whole creation groans, waiting for salvation to be revealed because it's been subjected to sin and it waits for the renewal of all things. Now, of course, mountains and valleys literally are not bad things. And of course, for Tangata Whenua in Aotearoa, mountains and valleys play an important role in identity and culture, and I'm not wanting to suggest that they should be criticised or seen as problematic. But for the purposes of a metaphor, the grasping ways of humanity have led to a world that is marked and scarred 
Our human greed, longing, and selfish ways create metaphorical mountains and valleys that define us, that trap us, that try to shape our lives. Don't we all face some insurmountable mountains in our paths? Don't we experience the dark mountains of racism or the mountains of division? Don't we all have dark challenges somewhere in our past that we can't overcome and that block us from moving forward? And don't we stumble into the cold valleys of selfishness that isolate us from one another or personal struggles that cut us off from other people? The pain that fills the creation, the injustice that fills our world, our isolation and separation from God. This, this is why the world is being remade. This is why Mark opens with, in the beginning, to signify that something is changing and something new is starting. In the beginning of the world remade, Mark tells us, is good news. This word, good news, the Greek word is euangelion, which is where we get the word evangelist from. When the Roman emperor would win a battle, he would send messengers and heralds into every town in the empire, and they would arrive in the town square, and they would call out, euangelion, good news. He would, the heralds would bring news that was of importance to the people. It's a political word, a word for kings and emperors to communicate to their subjects. For people in an occupied territory, Galion normally reminded them of how powerful the emperor was and how the emperor should never be defied. But when Mark says Galion, when Mark says good news, he's using it in a whole new way. This isn't news of Caesar winning a victory or a reminder of how powerful Rome is. This is good news. This is news about the whole creation, the whole world being remade. In the beginning, it's good news. It's not news about Caesar. It's not news about a military victory. It's about Jesus, about the Messiah, about the Son of God. In the beginning... God created. In the beginning, in the new beginning, there was good news about Jesus who came to recreate. Mark then moves on to show the nature of this good news. The reading says, as it is written. And for the first century Jew, the phrase, as it is written, lets them know that the Bible is being quoted. It gives what follows authority and says that it's a claim to truth. As it's written in the prophet Isaiah, reminds us and reminds those first hearers of the promises of old, of the promises of things being made right, the promises of God coming to restore the fortunes of his people. Now, the eagle-eyed readers among us will know that the first part of the quote in Mark, see, I am sending my messenger, doesn't come from the prophet Isaiah at all. It actually comes from the scroll of Malachi. But the second part is what we heard in Isaiah 40. 
today. Mark evokes the tradition of the prophets and he associates it with Jesus who brings good news because he's wanting us to understand that in Jesus, something new, something unique, something powerful and special is happening. He's declaring that those groanings of creation as it labours under the bondage of sin, they are coming to an end. And Isaiah teaches us what this looks like. Isaiah's words were spoken in a time when it was dark. The hopes and dreams of the nation of Israel were being smashed and pummeled as uncontrollable forces swirled around them. Rather than feeling like God was in control, to Israel, it seemed like they were just being swept along on the tides of history as the powers and politics of the day chewed them up and spat them out. Israel's hopes seemed like they were dashed. Just prior to today's reading, King Hezekiah had showed the Babylonians through all his storehouses and treasuries and strong places of the city, which made it easy for the Babylonians to come and conquer a few chapters on. Mark evokes these words as he begins his tale of good news so he can reach back to those darkest of contexts and recall the words that are spoken. Words that are spoken to people who find themselves in dark places right throughout time. Comfort, oh comfort my people, is what Isaiah speaks. God is in control. God has this in hand. The struggles and the sorrows that we experience are not forever because God is coming, because God is drawing near. Isaiah declares that people are like grass and the things we create and build are like grass and flowers. They bloom and flourish for a while and then they fade away. The things we do and the damage that we inflict is not eternal, but declares Isaiah, the word we came to listen to, the word that is spoken to us, the word that God speaks will last forever. Mark doesn't quote it, but it's a key part of this passage and a key part of the good news. Every valley will be raised up and every mountain will be made low. Every valley will be raised up and every mountain will be made low. The good news that Mark is talking about, the new beginning and the gospel of Jesus Christ that he writes about, is about those mountains in our lives and in our world that are insurmountable. You know that challenge in your life that you cannot overcome, or that injustice that you experienced so many years ago or yesterday, those mountains that block your journey from moving forward, those mountains that loom in your life and separate you from the Lord, those mountains formed by human greed and sin. All of those mountains, Galion, good news. God is coming to lower those mountains and those valleys, those dark places that you fall into when confronted, those difficult places when things aren't right, the places of despair, 
formed and darkened by human failings and sin. Those valleys. Uangalion, good news. Those places are being raised up. They're being raised up so the light can shine on them and the ground can be level. God is drawing near. And this is good news. When God draws near, we're called to embrace the gift. We're called to receive the blessings and called to repent and live in a new way. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, the old King James says. Prepare the way of the Lord. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness to prepare the way. His call went out, a call of repentance, a call to baptism, a call for people to live life in accordance with God's ways. Just in case we thought this was just a spiritual thing about me and my relationship with God, Mark goes to the trouble of describing the clothes and the food that John wears and eats. He wears clothes made of camel hair and a leather belt. He eats locusts, which quite frankly sounds disgusting, and honey. And as he stands there, dressed like this, and eating this food, Mark is telling us this so that we remember the prophet Elijah hundreds of years before, who was also out in the wilderness, relying on God's provision, and out there protesting and proclaiming God's ways. Elijah was out in the wilderness protesting the idolatry and the injustices of King Ahab. And as John stands in the wilderness proclaiming the arrival of Jesus, he stands in this same tradition, saying that the way things are in the world, the way things are in the world is not how God intends them to be. But, good news, God is drawing near to set things right. Through evoking Elijah, who called Israel back to its vocation as God's people, Mark is calling us back to our vocation as God's people, calling us to prepare the way of the Lord, to listen to the ways of God and to follow these ways. It's a call for us to stop grasping and fighting. It's a call to stop hacking and breaking. A call for us to stop digging valleys that divide and building up mountains that separate and instead live lives that trust in God. It means that we become a part in faith of breaking down mountains telling them to go and cast themselves into the sea. It means going to a sister or brother who has offended us and offering our forgiveness, or going to someone we have offended and asking for forgiveness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Open the paths to God in our lives. It means finding ways every day to offer the kindness and the generosity of God to everyone we meet. It means this in the small things, like kindness to a stranger, or the commitment to building relationship with people who are different from us. 
Preparing the way of the Lord means in the small things, in the small moments, taking a moment to pray and refocus life on Jesus, to repent, to live in God's ways, to walk in God's paths, is to journey into God's peaceable kingdom with hope and joy, as through our lives and our prayers, we become a part of the kingdom coming. The kingdom that Jesus is bringing isn't filled with mountains and valleys. It has smooth and level ground. It has places for tables to be set up so that feasting can happen. The ground is level so that geography and history and language which divide us is no longer a barrier because instead we can meet and share together in Christ the Lord. Friends, God is drawing near. The broken world is being remade. A peaceable kingdom is coming where we will feast with our Lord Jesus. So may you open your hearts to receive his gift. May you open your lives so they might be transformed. And may you, in faith, be a part of this world remade as we journey forward in hope. Amen. Let's sing.